My name is Dr. Tram Jones. Starting in December 2019, my wife and I lived in Haiti. Recently, given the current insecurity, we are out of the country, but we continue to support and work with our partner clinic, Lesquati Moon, with its 53 employees on the ground in the city of Quadibouquet, Haiti. Cholera. On Saturday, people started whispering the word. Messages started showing up on text groups that the disease had been identified in Port-au-Prince. In Haiti, you never know if something is truth or rumor. Those in healthcare in Haiti hoped it was just that, fake news designed to spread fear. Because few words can conjure up fear in Haiti, like cholera. But as the day went on, word kept coming up. Finally, late on Sunday, the Haitian Ministry of Health confirmed that there had been positive cases in the capital. Shortly thereafter, Reuters picked up the story, confirming that seven people had already died from the disease across Port-au-Prince. How did this happen? And why does this create such fear? As many of you know, cholera is a diarrheal illness spread by the bacteria Vibrio cholera. Now, there are many bacteria and viruses that cause diarrhea in Haiti. In fact, diarrhea, even outside cholera, is a leading cause of death among children in the country. However, cholera stands out because it is particularly dangerous and vicious. Once cholera diarrhea starts, a victim is often dead within hours, as their intestinal tract empties the person of all bodily fluids. Now, a quick history lesson. Cholera has been with us for centuries, maybe even millennia. And of course, in history, it's sometimes difficult to determine what was cholera and what was simply another bacterial diarrhea. However, most agree that it began in the Ganges River in India and then spread out in a series of pandemics reaching the Americas in the 1800s. Even with these pandemics, Haiti was rarely affected. By the turn of the millennium, Haiti had not had a positive case in more than a century. All that changed in 2010. In January of that year, a massive earthquake had hit Port-au-Prince, devastating the capital. Nine months later, reports started to emerge of severe diarrheal illnesses in the central plateau of Haiti, along the banks of Haiti's largest river. It was worse than usual diarrhea, leading to sudden deaths. An investigation by the Ministry of Health found that cholera was spreading throughout the community. Rapidity is a hallmark of the disease. Cases swiftly spread down the river, and within six days, it had hit Port-au-Prince. Cases were manageable for hospitals until the disease got to Cité Soleil, Haiti's most infamous slum. The epidemic exploded. People who were there said the fear was palpable. The speed with which cholera killed was shocking. No Haitian was immune to cholera. No antibodies protected them. Remember, this was the first time in 100 years that it had been seen. The median time to death was 12 hours from the onset of symptoms. The moment someone saw diarrhea, it was a race to be treated in a clinic. Without IV fluids, some 50 to 70% would die. And remember, when you're in a slum with no transportation, getting to a clinic is not always easy. People saw their family members melt away. Within four months, at least 4,600 people lay dead. When all was said and done, that number would rise to at least 9,000 dead and 800,000 infected. And the question became, where did it come from? It is now well accepted that the cholera bacterium was brought from Nepal by an infected UN peacekeeping soldier. The strain of cholera matched those that were endemic in Nepal. Since those years, cholera transmission has slowed markedly. Finally, in 2019, the country had its last case. Up until last week, there had not been a single cholera patient since that time. But how is this possible? 
How does a disease lie dormant and then all of a sudden create an outbreak? How were there three years of no cases and then suddenly cases start popping up like wildfire? What was it doing all this time? Unfortunately, cholera doesn't need humans to survive. Sure, it's very helpful if it can infect a human, hijack the intestines, and then force its host to defecate into a new water source. But even without humans, it can lie in wait in water. Finally, once a human drinks that water, the cholera bacterium senses it. It goes into reproduction mode. It copies itself over and over, forcing the victim to excrete water and salt into the intestinal tract, newly replicated bacteria accompanying them. Once the bacterium is ejected in the stool, it's extra infectious, about 100 times so, over the next 24 hours. This means that an area might have cholera in the water for a while without really any incidents. But once the disease starts, it spreads exponentially. And why is this happening at this time in Haiti? Now, the situation in Haiti, as we've talked about, is dire. As you may remember, there's a gasoline shortage in the country. Haiti's most powerful gang boss, Barbecue, announced that he was blocking off all fuel to the country until the president steps down. That was three weeks ago. There is no fuel in the country. And fuel means water. During good times, as you drive through the streets of Haiti, there are boisterous street merchants selling Ziploc bags of purified water. The Culligan truck winds through the neighborhoods with an ice cream truck tune playing to alert people that the water truck is there. Many others get their jugs of water from the ubiquitous stores where you pay several cents for a five-gallon fill. Unfortunately, for weeks now, there has not been potable water through many parts of the capital. Generators cannot be fueled for small purifiers. On the day the cholera announcement was confirmed, Culligan announced that it no longer had gasoline for water delivery. Cholera unfortunately often hunts in humanitarian disasters and social upheaval. The last worldwide outbreak occurred during the Yemen Civil War. And this happens for obvious reasons. In war zones, people no longer have access to drinking water as the infrastructure breaks down. They turn to contaminated water sources. If this particular cholera outbreak takes hold in Haiti, the outcome will be deadly. Port-au-Prince is a city of 2.6 million without access to drinking water. Armed groups have barricaded most of the roads in the slums. The majority of the largest hospitals in Haiti have issued statements that they can only host limited numbers of patients due to lack of fuel and medicines. And who will be affected? Cholera is 10 times deadlier to children than to adults. Food insecurity is affecting nearly the entire island, but it always affects children under two the worst. I want you to put yourselves in the shoes of a mother in a poor area of Port-au-Prince. Remember, the moment you or your child has that first episode of diarrhea, the clock starts ticking. You know that on average, you have 12 hours from that point until death. If you are in a slum, you must somehow walk. Remember, there's no transportation whatsoever. You must walk between episodes of diarrhea beyond the barricades with armed gang members. Then, you have to wander the streets in hopes that a clinic is still open and has a bed. The panic is hard to imagine. The situation in Haiti is turning into a human tragedy writ large. A country of 12 million people are without food, without water, without fuel. The security situation is looking more and more like a civil war. The international community must act swiftly and decisively to open humanitarian corridors and back up the Haitian National Police. Without this, the toll from hunger, malnutrition, and disease will be devastating. Thank you for listening. Every Wednesday morning, we publish a new narrative from life here. 
We are simply telling stories as we have seen them in Haiti. But Haiti is a fascinating country with a rich history, and there are many Haitian voices that can tell the story of Haiti in all its facets, and we encourage you to seek them out. As we made this episode, some names may have been changed to protect confidentiality. If you enjoyed the show, tell your friends or give us a rating wherever you find your podcasts. To learn more about the work of Light from Light in Haiti or to get involved, visit us on the web at lightfromlight.me. Thank you and God bless.